TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Welcome, folks, to Chair Shot Radio, your Monday morning edition. This is a different kind of Chair Shot Radio. I am uh, kind of the moderator for this discussion here today. It is uh, usually I do this with Patrick O'Dowd on Mondays. Patrick not here today, but uh, we're not going to do musical chairs today. We're actually going to do something different because I hardly get a chance to talk wrestling nowadays. And seeing as how Oh, I went to this little event called SummerSlam about a week ago and, and all sorts of crazy shit happened while I was over in Vegas. Uh, I figured, you know, I wanted to bring in some heavy hitters to talk a little pro wrestling today and kind of just debrief a little bit about everything that's gone down lately. So I am joined here by three of my very best friends. We just got done talking a little bandwagon nerd sort of stuff as well. So here we are, all of us together again. It's been so long, guys. I am here with, of course, the one and only the chair shot, the man of chair shot radio, the one and only PC Tunny. Tunny, how are you doing, man? I'm great. I'm excited to talk some wrestling with you. I know we tried to get you on DWI uh, specifically because of the same reason why we're doing this like this. So I'm glad we get a chance to get your thoughts. Um, it's crazy. We've had a number uh, of chair shot personalities attend some really big shows. You were at SummerSlam. Chris was at Ram- the first Ram- uh, Rampage where Punk showed up. DP ends up going to Dynamite where they also tape Rampage where Giannis gets in the ring and, and Punk, you know, does a couple things. So I was at the really- first SmackDown back. Don't 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 exclude me, please. I, I was going in chronological order backwards, kind of. No. And Ray was at. Smackdown. I mean, yeah. no, I forgot actually. Speaking I, of uh, I Mr. I, I'll, I'll let me come clean. Yeah, Ray, go ahead. Yeah, speaking of Mr. Inclusion over here, Ray Cash is here. What's what's up, Ray? I just want you to know that I have attitude and I feel aggressive. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I feel like this should this should be an attitude of aggression podcast, kind of. It just, almost you know, should. Be. Shot, I think it should be Church Out Radio attitude of aggression. There you go. We could always call it that, you know, attitude of aggression variation of chair shot radio. And of course you heard him, you heard Tony mention him. He was at that uh, rampage where CM Punk made his long awaited return. Uh, the one and only Christopher Platt sacrifice going to Vegas to go to Chicago again. I'm not sure that's an upgrade, but you know, we'll leave that for another discussion at another time. Chris, how are you doing, man? Greetings and citations, ladies and gentlemen, happy to be here. And, Everybody hates Monday morning, so if we can make you all's Monday morning just a little bit better, frankly, that's why we're here, and this is why we do it. Exactly. So, happy Monday morning, if that's such a thing. We're here, we're going to talk a little bit, I know it's about a week old, and God knows you three have probably talked about this topic of conversation 30 times in the past week, which is interesting because ChairShot doesn't have that many podcasts in a week, but anyway, <laughs> you still have probably talked about it 30 times by now. Um, and, and a lot of the impetus of this conversation is as 
uh, things were going on with CM Punk, Ray and I were, I was texting with Ray, messaging with him while I'm walking down the Las Vegas strip the night before SummerSlam. And that kind of got me thinking. But first thing I want to talk about with you guys is, and I know Chris, this is going to make you sick, but uh, let's talk about the return of CM Punk, which happened, you know, no great surprise. It had been spoiled all week long. Christopher Platt was at Rampage. Uh, one of the yeah, I mean, it's ranking right up there as one of the all-time great returns in pro wrestling history, at least recent history. So, Chris, can you talk about the atmosphere there that night in Chicago for the return of Chicago's favorite son, next to Michael Jordan, and maybe even including him at this point, the one and only CM Punk returning after a seven-year absence to throw some shade at WWE, not too much, but enough to get people talking. What was the atmosphere like that night? Man, so going into the venue, man, everybody was excited because we all knew what it was. I think that AEW played this perfectly. They didn't spoil that he was going to be there, but they, they, they neither confirmed nor denied, which led to the fever pitch. So by the time he came out, man, we were ready. We were absolutely ready. And they, I, I, again, they played it perfectly because it, had they not came out with him initially, we probably would have hijacked this show with the CM Punk chant. But just hearing that, yeah. Yeah, I thought they put, and, you know, I've, sorry, been, I've been to a lot of wrestling. Of, no, go ahead. Dave, go ahead. Well, it's as simple as this. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the culture. But I, I got to say, man, I've been to a lot of wrestling events. I feel like in terms of moments, that's the biggest moment that I've ever been privy to actually be there live and in living color. Like we went ham, melon farm and cheeseburger for this guy. And I don't even know what else to say, man. It was just it was a moment like, you know, as wrestling fans, we eat a lot of shit and learn to like the taste of it. But we live for moments like that. And that was one of those moments that we live for. This is why we do this. This is why we talk about it. This is why we still enjoy it. This is it. This is why we're here. So, yeah, that was a hell of a moment, man. Yeah, and for you to say that that was the biggest moment you've experienced live, I mean, we've been to a lot of shit, including some stuff together, and seen a lot of great moments. I mean, Stone Cold coming out at WrestleMania 32, where I know you were there as well. I mean, that mm -hmm. place came unglued, and... You know, mm -hmm. and I mean, and I experienced the next night, I experienced two of those moments that were at least one of them was definitely on the same, you know, pop level as what Punk got. But uh, yeah, the uh, his return notwithstanding, I guess what I wanted to ask you guys about, because, yeah, I mean, everybody's dissected his return and I'm grateful that you gave us your take on it, Chris. But here's the thing I wanted to ask you guys, since this is kind of morphing into an attitude of aggression esque sort of chair shot radio does AEW have all the momentum right now? I mean, you look at the landscape of where things are in pro wrestling and AEW's got punk. There's rumors that Daniel Bryan's coming. There's all sorts of, you know, they, they've signed a bunch of people. You know, you got Malachi Black, Miro's there. You've got all the WWE cast-offs are going there. No one knows what the situation is with Adam Cole. It, it, you know, and WWE to, to me, and I mean, we'll talk about it when I get to the SummerSlam part, kind of like seems like a little bit of an identity crisis on their part is trying to locate figure out who what they want to be now 
But AEW clearly knows what they want to be, and they're doing stuff differently. They're doing a little bit more long-term story booking. Is all the momentum on AEW's side of the ledger right now? So let me let me drop some knowledge on you guys. I do think Vince overreacted. He got steamed by Punk and brought back Becky. <laughs> okay. And then to ensure that he still had the upper hand, he brings back Lesnar early. Unless this Lesnar thing is like, hey, I'm going to tease it now because it's still... That, that's a Rumble to Mania storyline. I mean, come on. Heyman in the middle of Roman and, and let, that's a... I mean, and, and what Jimmy and Jay did was phenomenal on SmackDown. Okay, but here here's here's the proof in the pudding. Are you ready? DP was at dynamite on Wednesday Punk's second ever appearance on AEW they're at an arena that holds about 12 5 13,000 at the most with everything brought blocked off there was about 10,000 seats available I'm not talking about the blocked off seats I'm talking about the available seats 80 85 percent they were 20 to 15 percent empty in a market that's 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 an hour from Chicago now you tell me What's fake and what's real and what's really momentum? Because I don't see any. If your second live show, you can't sell out a 10,000-seat arena, react to that. Ray, I know you got thoughts on this. I know you don't want to talk about punk anymore, but I know you got thoughts about this. I, I mean, yeah, the fact that they didn't sell out, I mean, lots. I mean, you could sit there and say, well, it was because people had lost interest already. I don't know. It could be Delta. I mean, you can't. We already talked about that uh, but earlier. I'm, but I'm, I'm not talking about a 40, 50,000 seat indoor, you know, contingent. I'm talking about like a quarter of that. They couldn't fill that. Trust me, nobody here. We got a bunch of yahoos here that don't really give a shit. We, we, are, we already all co-herded, vaccinated ourselves with immunity herd by gathering with 100 million thousand people outside of the deer district, right? So, like, <laughs> you're up here, you're getting the, you're getting deer vid. Deer vid, okay. That's a variant I don't want to have. But, uh, Ray, your thoughts on, on, on Punk and where AEW is right now and, and is the juice with them? What, do you, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I want to talk about that, but I need to say one thing. And respect to you, Tommy. But, like, I want to bash my head against the wall when I hear Vince reacted by bringing back Becky and Brock. It's just not true. Every single report says they were already coming back. If this was Extreme Rules that they brought Becky and and Brock for, if this was um, Backlash or Great Balls of Fire, I'm with you. It was the second biggest show of the year in a 50,000-seat arena on a Saturday in an event town. Big things were going to happen whether CM Punk decided to like wrestling today or not. So, like, that just, that that infuriates me inside. And it's not a you think. This is the rhetoric going around the internet because a lot of people like to like to think that any negative thing about WWE is, is real. And I know that's not you, which is why I'm not addressing that towards you. But that just drives me crazy. Number one. Okay. Uh, can I can I ask a couple yes or no questions before you get rolling? Sure. Did we all know Punk was coming back and exactly when he was coming back for at least a couple weeks? Okay. Uh, when they, like at least a couple days, probably way before that, uh, all those tickets were already sold for SummerSlam? They'd been sold for probably over a month, yeah. 
Okay. I don't I don't see your point. I don't I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't see your point. I don't I don't think that so, Becky, if Vince, so if we already knew that was gonna happen, don't you think Vince already knew that was gonna happen? So you say that me telling you that him bringing that back because of that is not right because he's not just reacting to what's happening. No, because he already knew, so he already pre-reacted to it. That's why it already been scheduled and people have known about it already because that's what he wanted to do. Talking about having seen Punk. That's exactly. You want to say something like that? I still think that's malarkey, but okay. No, go ahead, Ray. Go ahead. I, I just think that's completely an asinine thought process when you think about the fact that, first and foremost, Becky's been ready to go for about three, four months now. Okay, keep proving my point. Yeah, so why would you hold her off? Maybe because you think Punk's going to debut at Dynamite sometime. No, because you don't but... bring her back in, in fucking Sheboygan, Michigan. You bring her back for a big show. But, 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 Can I say something? My, my thoughts are on this exactly. that... I think Becky was going to come back at SummerSlam. I don't think they were going to bring her back the way that she did come back. And we're going to talk SummerSlam in a moment. Brock. Well, that's factual. That's Sasha. That's Sasha Banks. That's just factual. Right. Brock, I do think was maybe a reactionary move by Vince that because you, you got to, I mean, look at it. Everything that we've heard is that Fox was not happy that WWE did not make a bigger play for punk. And they wanted no, that big. Stop believing this observer bullshit, bro. That's not observer. Ain't nobody talking about the observer, man. Ain't nobody talking. No, no, no. That's not true. 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 Okay, fucking. What's? I'm trying to think of the goddamn motherfucker's name. Goddamn. Um. Fucking. Um. What the fuck is the Bill Body? Bill Body. Who's he got inside? No, he was, he was first. first. He, he he was first. He was first because okay. he's the motherfucker that said, "Hey, they we they want pump back." WWE threw out a bunch of bullshit metrics and said, "Okay, no, we don't want him here." And then Fox said, "Okay, they're paying him three million to come back. We'll split the difference. What do you think he's worth?" And they said, "We just don't want him in the locker room. He's a toxic force in week? the locker room." Are you talking about just recently? Or are you talking about back? No, back? I'm talking about like two, three weeks ago. I heard this shit two, three weeks ago. I ain't talking about the observer. Fuck Meltzer. Fuck Meltzer. Let me link. Because if I'm okay, wrong, cool. I'll admit I'm wrong. But every go single, every Conan. single go, thing go, I've go read watch, says observer go, reported it first. No, no, go watch uh, Conan's podcast. Keeping it 100 wait, wait, wait. with Conan you, two Ray, weeks ago. You two don't think there's ago. any validity to the fact yeah. that Fox wanted a big name to to because you know whatever the reason was. Roman is one thing. Now I I don't know. My thing is yeah I don't get why you would bring Brock back and put him on SmackDown when Bobby Lashley's been calling him out for six months. You know I I, I don't quite get that, but it makes. That makes per- the story's not with Lashley right now. You have to build that story. They did. Brock didn't. Brock showed up one one day for one second, and we have months worth of storyline. Well, he's not even going to be there for the story with Brock is about Paul Heyman. Why would that be with Lashley? That's a fan speaking. That's not. That's not fact speaking. <laughs> We've we have seen Brock Lesnar on TV. So we've only seen Brock Lesnar on WWE TV without. All the years he's been in WWE TV without Paul Heyman for less than a year and a half. 
the entirety of his run in the WWE from 2002 to 2021 has been with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman then decides to go and and be the the special counsel for the guy who's essentially his biggest rival still wrestling. That's the story. All right. Well, and we I, have I, a draft. And we have a draft in two months. So who cares what people what, what show people's on? I literally just sent you the leak, man. Like I'm not disagreeing with everything you saying. I'm just saying that Fox wanted Punk back. Fox wanted Punk back. WWE didn't want Punk back. I'm not even saying they're wrong because of how everything played out with them. But yeah, I'm not saying they're wrong. But Fox wanted them, so don't be surprised after this five year term when WWE and SmackDown they go somewhere else because I think that that relationship is severed. It might be, but I tell you what, let's take a quick break. Uh, then we'll come back, talk a little bit more about SummerSlam. You're listening to ChairShot Radio, a part of the ChairShot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. No, we're not going to pay Christopher Platt for the use of his voice because he's actually here. So, you know, that's kind of how we roll when when he's actually in. No, we're not going to do that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we e- think, even if I wasn't here, you would still use it still and not pay paid me. So. That's right. That's right. So exactly. I want to talk a little bit about SummerSlam. Uh, yeah, we were there. Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, a little bit of a clusterfuck to get into the stadium, which is nothing compared to what happened. Later on in the day, as we were in the stadium, which I didn't even know it was going on until Ray had actually texted me and asked me to confirm that basically the cashless system at Allegiant Stadium crashed because my wife went to get something to drink and she's like, everything's closed. I'm like, what do you mean everything's closed? It's seven o'clock in Las Vegas. All the concession stands are closed because their cashless system crashed. Um, we did get a free Dr. Pepper and some red vines out of the whole thing. So it wasn't a complete loss. Um, that stadium is really... What's that? They weren't accepting. They weren't doing cash transactions. No. Oh. So they gave them because they couldn't do that. They gave her this stuff. Um, the the stadium is really nice. Um, I you know I didn't like like I said I we didn't realize what was going on. It, it is interesting because Vegas flies so many helicopters overhead. You could actually hear the helicopters flying over the stadium. Which when Ray started texting me, started getting me a little bit concerned. Like what the fuck's going on outside that I don't know about. Uh, meanwhile, inside, I thought SummerSlam was was a pretty good show. It uh, it had some moments. It's not the best one of all time. Let's let's not kid ourselves. Uh, you know, a lot of course the talk is about the two big returns that we talked about. Becky coming back, which you know I really think that was going to happen. It may not have gone down the way that it went down because issues with Sasha Banks. You know, and of course now they're saying that that they're trying to run another heel turn with Becky Lynch. You guys have any faith that the WWE universe is going to accept Becky Lynch as a heel this time, no matter what the fuck they do. Um, I, I don't, they tried that before the fans rejected it. She became the man. So I, and she's not saying stuff right now that really makes me think, Oh yeah, overt heel. Um, what do you guys think? You know, Bianca, lots of people saying she got buried. I don't necessarily buy that. I don't like the way it went down. I don't think she got buried. I think there's more of a story to be told there. But your guys' thoughts on the return of Becky Lynch? What's going on with Sasha? Because we don't think it's physical. So, you guys' thoughts on this first issue here? 
Dave, I actually want to throw it back to you. I don't know what's going on with Sasha. Everybody knows I can't be objective when it comes to anything Sasha, oh, so I'm not I'm even going to go the there. Word, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not even going to go there. But I want to throw it back to you right quick, man, because I, I think that, you know, on um, Friday Night SmackDown, they did try to kind of plant the seeds for the Becky Hill turn because she begged off. But in the moment, in the arena, what was the reaction to how everything went down between Becky and Bianca? Uh, you know, when I texted Ray when Becky came out, because I kind of told him that I had a feeling it was coming and and. I will say this, that in that arena, I don't, you know, as big a pop as Punk got in Chicago, Becky's pop didn't have to take a backseat to anybody because that place came unfucking glued um, when she came out. And, you know, they were, and, and they played that really well. I thought that WWE played that really well by bringing Carmella in there. And you're just like, come on, man, not her. I know Patrick O'Dowd loves Carmella and that's his own thing, but um, you know, you just didn't, it's like, gee, she just beat her ass last night. Now she gets a title shot the next night. So you were as low as you possibly could have got. You're not going to get the rematch you wanted. Everybody was just like fucking Carmella. And then Becky's music hits. And because people were so happy for her to be back, Chris, I don't think it registered with them what had just happened to Bianca. They just were like reacting to the fact the man is back and oh, she's SmackDown women's champion. And it wasn't until after the event was over where you really started thinking about it and talking about it with people around you that, man, that was really kind of shitty what they did to her um, just for the sake of putting the belt back on Becky. Why would they do that? So I think in the moment there was immediate gratification that, yes, Becky's back and people lost their minds. And, and it was as electric an atmosphere as you could possibly get. One of the biggest pops I've ever heard as well. But you know, after it sat in for a couple hours and you got to think about it, it didn't sit so well with a lot of people because it's like, why'd they do it that way? They didn't, she could have, I mean, Becky coming out and beating Carmella's ass would have been good enough for most of the people there. I don't quite understand why they had to strip the belt off of Bianca to put it on Becky. And it does make me think they want to run her as a heel. And I just have a lot of doubts that it's going to work so well for them. Anybody thoughts? Okay, because I'm the only one who apparently disagrees with all of this. I'm, I'm not disagree with anything you said because you were telling you you telling facts again. There's tangible facts and there's opinions of fans. Those were all tangible facts. When it comes to the Becky situation, I think the thing that we always ignore because we uh, we fans always ignore such facts facts all the time because how we feel that's fine. But the the crowd wouldn't let Becky turn heel because she was going against Charlotte. Had she gone against anybody else, they would have accepted it. They wanted Becky, no doubt about it. But I think because the crowd hated Charlotte, and to an extent still hates Charlotte, they just weren't going to let her turn against her, right? So that's a big part of it. I think the crowd loves Bianca so much, as we've seen over the past week, how much the crowd loves Bianca. People are losing their minds because Bianca lost in this regard. Anybody else loses this regard, nobody cares. But it's because we love Bianca so much. So I think the heel turn will be fine. Also, I think uh, that since it's going to be more of a slow burn and it's going it's go- it's it's, it's to be played out, Platt said something like a lot of people, other people have said on other shows we've done, and I respect it. I, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't pertain to me, but I respect it. A lot of people don't trust WWE to tell the story they want. Now, there's a big difference between telling the story correctly and telling the story fans want. 
they're not always the same thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. I never said anything about WWE telling the story I want. I said I don't have faith in them telling this story where both competitors are going to come out better off than they went in. That's the you difference than between the story I want. Well, I don't. I disagree. You, with you that, understand? What that's saying? fine. I hear no, what you're no, there's, I a, there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference between. There is it. There is a huge I, difference. I, I, I didn't want no. Uh, the story I want would have led to Tony not dying at the end of Endgame, but they told a good story and got him over at the end of that. Like, there's a huge difference between that. I, I and I respect what you're saying, and I'm not saying you're wrong. What I'm saying is, as a fan. If they tell the story that makes the most sense, that is different from what you want, we don't know what it is. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. I don't think that... I apologize, Bray. I I know you don't like to be cut off. I apologize. But that's my point. I don't believe that they are going to be able to tell a coherent story. Not the story that I want, per se. I I, I have skepticism that they're going to be able to land this plane. That's all. That's fair. But until we see the end, you don't know what's coherent. That's my point. So until we see the end, you don't know if what they're telling is coherent or not. You just know it may not be what you want. That's why I'm I've saying it's what I'm saying. I've tell Chris that for a few days now. What is wrong if at the end of this, Bianca gets over Becky? Because I don't, I, there's, there's a lot of skepticism and there's a lot of history to back up my skepticism. And I don't know if WWE is going to be able to land this plane. Now, if it comes out like that, cool. I don't have a problem coming on any airwaves and saying, yo, I, I was wrong. They landed the plane. Cool. I just, I, this is I, like, I, I feel this like is, I have. Go ahead. This is Sasha Banks level of markism from you no it's not it's never before displayed it is right look at dave and ray are both smiling right now you don't even know it that's how the thing is chris has got a chris has got a point though tony that wwe's track record carmella was a horrible red herring her hair's blonde, Tony. Yeah. What the fuck are you I'm talking just, about? I think what Chris is saying is that WWE's <laughs> track record it was a joke, over the past Heron. WWE's track boy. record over the past few years has been less than exemplary as far as telling stories that you know you look back and say, yeah, that was pretty good. There's been a few examples, but a lot of them are just like, wow, you guys really just fucking missed the mark. And I think that's what Chris's concern is that they're going to miss the mark here. And, and and there there could be a bigger story that they could be telling, and yes. I don't know. Well, I, but yeah, no one knows. You have to wait and see how they do this. And that's a and again, I, I understand that and respect that. But to what you just said, there could be a point where, from what they started at SummerSlam to whatever the finish is, whether at Survivor Series, whether it's Summer at a um, Royal Rumble, whether it's Mania, whether it's next Tuesday, whatever they finish that it could be the correct finish for the story and the fans don't like it. There are two different things. That's all I'm trying to acknowledge because there's many times that the story played out exactly how it should have played out, but the fans didn't like it. I'll give you a perfect example. WrestleMania 25. There is no way that story ends that Triple H don't win. Everything that Randy Orton did to him, Triple H should have won that. But the crowd and the fans didn't like it because it was Randy Orton's time. 
They don't that's, always match. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not fair, man. The fans didn't like it because they had to try to follow up Shawn Mike versus The Undertaker. You're talking about the match. match. On history that could have right. followed that up, man. You're right, but you're talking that's about the match. But, that, no. but, that's why, but that's why that died in front of that live crowd because they couldn't follow that. Nobody could have followed that. You're still we could have had God the, versus Jesus and nobody could have followed that. You're right, but you're to, still talking about that one match that no, night. No, I'm no, not talking no about that one match. I'm not talking about that one match that one night. I'm talking about the storyline in general. Yeah, I get why that one match failed. But the story, the rhetoric was, well, Triple H buried Randy Orton again. When Trip, the whole story was built for the babyface to win. Now, get again, we're, I acknowledge the night. I acknowledge your point for that night. I'm talking about the storyline from day one to the end of the day. People didn't like it because they thought the wrong person won. Not how they won, but who? Who was saying that? The majority like, of the IWC. You, you, you kicked my wife in the head. Of course I should win. Like, I'm the not majority, even trying to talk shit. Like, who was saying that? Seriously. The majority of the IWC, Chris, because fans don't think rationally. They think of what I want, how I want it, because I want it. You acknowledge that when it comes to Sasha Banks. You don't think rationally. That's the majority of all wrestling fans. So that, So what I'm saying is, at the end of the story, I get it. If you don't trust them to tell the story, that's fine i i'm completely i i accept that i accept that completely but please understand that at the end of this it could be the perfect right thing for everybody involved and for the story but it may not be what you want bianca can get more over without ever winning the belt back anything is possible but we don't know what's going to happen and if you don't trust them to watch it to do it right that's fine but uh, but there's not the same it's not always Lock and step that what is right is what I want. It's not always lock and step. And fans act like that because we think we know better, not you, but as a group, than what they do in who books. And that's not true. It's not true. Well, only thing I can say is we're going to have to wait and see what they do with Bianca, what they do with Becky, how they try and play this, how they try and portray it. Of course, the other big return we already talked about, the Beast Brock Lesnar returning. Whether it was planned, whether it was a knee-jerk reaction to CM Punk, who knows? Uh, Your boy flew from Saskatchewan. They called him up on, apparently on Saturday morning and flew his ass from Saskatchewan there because, you know, none of this was ever planned or thought of. Oh, I'm sure they were negotiating with him. I'm sure they, that there's no doubt about that. But as to the final details of that, I don't know, man. Maybe they did. They said, you know what? Here's let me add a zero to this whole equation. And Brock said, I'm there. Let me get on. Let me get on my fucking private plane and fly from Winnipeg, Manitoba, all the way into Vegas. I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy to me. People think, and I, and look, everybody has right their opinion. I'm not saying I'm right, because very often I, I'm wrong, and I could be wrong here. But it's just asinine to me that people think that WWE, instead of, instead of planning something for their second biggest show. The biggest in the history of the entire event that they've had, with the exception for 92 and Wembley, which was taped, and everybody knew what happened anyway. The biggest version of their second biggest show ever, they're concerned about a fucking secondary show and one dude. I just think that's and and they're and they changed the booking of that one show <laughs> for that one. It's just asinine to think about that right. given the show. Yeah, I- I already explained to you how this is not meeting the qualifications you're disgusted with. If we've all known this was happening for some period of time, what's just, I mean, like, 
for you to just completely disregard it. The smartest detectives in the world don't believe in coincidences throughout the history of the entire plant uh, world, uh, time of this planet. And that's a period fact for you. There, there's so no, why would you believe the, oh, look, there's, here? There's no doubt. The only coincidence. There's no ahead, doubt ahead, that Vince and Brock's camp were talking to each other. No doubt about that. I don't think any of the four of us would say that there wasn't a conversation going on months before SummerSlam. As to what went into getting Brock there into Vegas for a show that, and let's be real with each other, there was a lot of concern this show wasn't even going to happen. I waited until the last minute to get tickets because, shit, I think Delta might cancel this thing. So... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know all the details of all. No one's going to know the negotiation. I mean, I'm sure it'll come out in a couple of months on Bleacher Report or something, how Brock ended up in Vegas. But uh, all that aside, we because, yeah, all we're doing is speculating, Ray. But the thing is, Brock comes out to a really big pop, gets in Roman's face. You know, this is somebody who says, you know, Brock basically going to say, I don't give a shit what table you're at. I'm not acknowledging a damn thing about you. Um, it, I thought what was fascinating to me is every, Brock is being positioned as a baby face in this whole thing, at least for now. And then as soon as the camera stopped rolling, what does he do? He goes in the ring, takes Cena, Cena to Suplex City and F5s him and leaves him laying there. And then John gets a good ovation when it's all done. So it, it's all fascinating to me. I, I made the comment that, yeah, I don't. And I get what you're saying about why would you put Lesnar against Lashley? Just because Raw is such a mess with the main event scene. And we're, I'm going to talk a bit, little bit about that after we take a break here. Because I want to do, do want to talk about NXT before we close shop on this thing. So this is as good a time as any. Let's take our last break. Come back, talk about TakeOver. And then and then we'll wrap this thing up. <laughs> Brock comes out here looking like fucking Leif Erickson in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Chair Shot Radio Viking Edition. Pay for the following. Try that again. I was just saying, hey, this is the Viking edition of Chair Shot Radio. But go ahead, Tony. Play whatever you want to play, man. Sorry. We'll play him backwards, then. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. So... The last thing that happened last weekend, NXT TakeOver 36 went down. And boy, this show has gotten some uh, mixed reactions to say the very least. I thought, ironically enough, up until Cole O'Reilly, I thought, is another typical TakeOver pretty good? I thought Grime, the Cameron Grimes LA Night match went long. You know, that, that part kind of lost me a little bit. You know, Raquel and Dakota was interesting in that. I was watching this thinking, hey, this is like Sean and Diesel all over again, where Dakota clearly was the better wrestler and kind of stole the show, that sort of thing. And then you get to Colo O'Reilly, and I don't get it, guys. Did, did I miss something here? Why was that match booked the way that they booked it with two guys who can obvi- obviously work? And if there's ever a more, to me, emphatic demonstration that Adam Cole is done, it was this match here. Now, I know there's all rumors that Vince wants to keep Cole 
I don't see that happening, especially when you watch it. Did I miss something? Why was this match? Why did it go down the way that it did? You guys, what are your thoughts? Am I off here? Or, or, or what are you thought, your thoughts on this match? So, again, I don't, you know how reports are. I'm just saying, I'm just saying the report for the purpose right. of the conversation. Sure. For the purpose of the conversation. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying it's right. I know how you feel about it, Tony. I know. I know. Um, the report is that that day they expected Adam Cole to resign. And he, he didn't. And that changed that the match is supposed to show. And they changed it to being the co-main. And that may have, he was always going to lose. But that may have changed in the way, because well, the whole point of that, that storyline was to build up Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, but that may have changed the way that maybe the finish went. The only issue with the finish is that it was so sudden that, like, as soon as Kyle got put in the the heel hook, he's I mean, as soon as Adam got put in the heel hook, he he capped immediately. Yeah, and I just think that was a misplay by 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 everybody involved. No, I don't no, know I'll, if that I'll, was. I'll, I'll go thing. one step further. It was one of the dumbest finishes I can recall seeing, because you got a guy handcuffed in a steel cage match, and yeah. Okay, yeah. you want to take advantage of this situation, you could just leave and win the match and win this thing. But to kick him like that, to get caught and trapped in a heel hook, I just was like, what the fuck is it, am I watching? The first fall was over so fast on, you know, and, and you, Ray, you and I reviewed the unsanctioned match at Stand and Deliver, and everything that these guys threw at each other couldn't put him away. Meanwhile, <laughs> Cole gets caught with a Panama sunrise and he's pinned in the first fall. Well, now, the I, second, I appreciate fall, second fall I'm fine with. First and third are problematic. I I appreciated the first fall, and I'll throw this to you guys, but the reason I appreciate the first fall was, number one, we needed a few minutes to breathe after wrestling Ragnarok with with Walter and Ilya Dragunov. We oh, needed a few minutes. Right, and let's one. not lose sight of the fact that that is probably match of the year. And Yes. You know, okay. In my opinion so far. Sure. But the other reason why I thought it was genius was because Kyle O'Reilly, remember, the whole story was, Kyle couldn't beat him in a traditional match. He only beat him in the, the, the he beat him in the sanctioned match. Adam beat him in the regular match, which is why Kyle pulled the dumbest babyface move in the history of dumb babyface moves of all dumb babyface them. When given the ability to make his own step, he said, "Yep, singles match, pinfall submission, stupidest move in dumb babyface move history." Right. So it, I, I thought it was a cool way to acknowledge how dumb that was as babyface. The flukeness, the flukiness of it to piss Adam Cole even more off because Adam Cole said, I'm going to beat you 2-0. And to kind of shock, the because the crowd was expecting that to be twenty a 20-minute 20 epic. It was five minutes. Keep you on your toes. I thought that fall was genius. I just, only, the last fall was 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 a, was a, a missed up. Yeah, I can't say match of the year when I saw Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan on SmackDown or even Edge and and Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Like, I really enjoyed that match. I, I enjoyed the Walter match as well. I liked their their previous match last year a little bit more, but I, I, I enjoyed that match. But I'm, we're, we're picking nits here. We're picking nits. And we're talking about Adam Cole and O'Reilly. It was I. It, it was a little it was a little pitsy for me. It was a little too indie for me. You know what I mean? And maybe time constraints, whatever, whatever. The whole NXT takeover, it was cool. I think that I liked the Samoa Joe Killian Cross match more than most just because I liked the story that they told going into it. Like I was just really in, in all in on that storyline. So I was like that was the the one match 
that I was most interested in seeing, and I feel like it paid off. Like, it was it the greatest match of all time? No, no. But, but it was. They, but they, yeah, they told a great story, and I was, I was into that match going into it. You know, the best part of that match, the best part of Joe and and Cross, was Joe bringing back the Muscle Buster at the end. I didn't see that coming, and that when he set him up for that, and I'm like, oh my god, are they actually going to do this? That to me was a really big moment because of the history of that move with Tyson Kidd yep. and all that. Yep. And I didn't think we would ever. And they never let Joe do that on the main roster. So when he comes not back after to that moment, no, not after that. So the fact that he they let him do that, it, it's kind of comparable to like, remember when they banned Seth from doing the curb stomp for years and then they let him do it again. Now you've let Joe bring back the muscle. And it was great that they did that because it's like Coquina Clutch isn't going to put a guy like Karrion Cross out. But if you wanted to do a believable end to carrying Cross's reign and a move that could actually put him down, what better move to break out than the muscle buster? I loved that part of it. I thought that was great. The match itself was eh. It was all right. Um, but I, I guess the bigger thing, because I know we're running low on time and I don't want to keep us on, you know, this can't be an hour long version of Chair Shot Radio. But where does NXT go from here? Because here's the thing I wanted to throw out to you guys. If I'm in charge of this thing, I take Cross, who's already there, and I take Walter. I throw him on Raw, and I let them go after Lashley. And there you go. Then then you got Bobby having somebody who's actually credible to go against him other than scrambling to try and who do we throw up against the Almighty. Go ahead, Tony. You got something. I thought, I, I thought Walter was letting his contract expire. I thought he didn't want to come to the States, and he was done. I don't know. I haven't heard that, but maybe. Anybody? Ray, you heard anything along those lines? <laughs> He, 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 he is not coming to the states that's that's for sure okay so and, let me tell you where nxt is at nxt needed a new logo which they just displayed right if now they're kind of stuck it's why they had to go back to finn it's why they've come back to joe cross is on his way to the main roster point blank period right uh punk also had ac and bw on his shoes fyi Figure that one out for yourselves. <laughs> uh, bow waist, and you said AC. Um, air conditioning. There you air go. conditioner. Yeah. Yes, air conditioning and bow waist. Okay, cool. No, but that that was kind of the, one of the reasons that Walter side with NXT UK from the beginning because he didn't want to come over here. I'm just praying that they have figured out a way to get him over here and want to have him over here because there's a lot of matches I'd like to see him have. Um, in terms of the NXT reboot. Hell, man, to be determined. You know, from what I've heard, they've recorded three weeks' worth of uh, television the past few days, or last week, and yeah, after that, we're we're doing the reboot. So, yeah, to be determined. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Do you guys I'm, think I'm they'll still do? Mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned. Go no, I was going to say, do you guys think that they'll still do takeovers, or have we seen the last NXT takeover? No, there's. I I don't think. I think a lot of the change of the brand is going to be, at least the TV brand is going to be aesthetic. The biggest change is that I think they're going to finally put together the developmental and the brand back in lock and step because Triple H was hiring people for the brand that would have, that for the brand that would have never been developmentally going to the other brands. Like he was hiring people specifically for NXT, but they would never have been in the, in the kind of path of going to Raw and SmackDown. And that needed to change. There needed to be one thought process behind what we're doing here. 
the days of NXT bringing in people that are ready to go and just need to be polished with some WWE grease or oil or whatever is over. And WWE is done with that. What they want to do is they want to pe- bring people in with either charisma or the look and teach them from scratch. That's where WWE is at. Good luck with that. This is clearly a pissing contest between Triple H and Vince. Triple H is a little pissy because so. he doesn't. It is because he's mad. He doesn't. Have, they're not on the same page, man. And oh, I, you know. know, I because I, I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to talk about this because oh, I've also oh, been oh. in a family business. Now, to well, be fair, I, I, I reject some shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me finish. Let me finish. No, wait, let me finish. No, 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 no. I no, reject no, some shit no, onto no, WWE no, 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 because I've been I have, involved in a family business, have, so that's fair. But to listen to hear what you have to say. Well, then shut the fuck up and let me say it. Thank you. Well, I wanted to, you know, undermine you by apologizing. No, that didn't help. But no, I, I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to talk about this because I understand what it's like to be involved with a family business, and I can see, I literally see how those dynamics play out in WWE. This was clearly a pissing contest between Triple H and Vince. This is what Apparently. all this is about. Because Triple H was mad because Vince undercutted him when in terms of the talent and the main roster and stuff like that. So he went back to NXT and was like, yo, this is my sandbox. This is what I'm going to play in. Clearly, him and Vince had different visions. And now they're course correcting in their head. Whether good or bad, right or wrong, that's what's happening. But oh. this is all just a this is all the family pissing contest, man. I've been involved with a family business. You can't tell me otherwise. This is a pissing Lord, contest. I, I feel blessed the Lord provided me with you. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Well, uh, guys, up. I, I think I think that's going to do it for this. Um, I mean, this is stuff we could talk about for two more hours. And if this is a real episode of Attitude of Aggression, we probably would. But we're not going to do that here on this episode. So uh, yes. guys, thank you so much for uh, for covering and helping me out with Chair Shot Radio on this lovely Monday morning. And, you know, it is always good to talk pro wrestling with you guys. Obviously, this is this is a topic of conversation we're all passionate about. Clearly, we are all not all on the same page, which makes for good radio. So that's awesome stuff. Uh, let me go kick it around to the Reverend first, Ray Cash. Where can people check you out? Uh, I know, like you said, on and people hear it on Bandwagon Nerds, there's a specific time of a specific day of a specific part of the year where you turn into one DPP. But other than that, where can people check you out at? On, uh, you can follow me on Twitter on February 29th from the hours of uh, 4 p.m. <laughs> to 4 yeah, buddy. You can, <laughs> you can find me there at Chairshot Greg. <laughs> Other than that, every now and then I may be able to respond to you at It's Ray Cash. That's R E Y as in Mysterio, C A S H as in dollars. Hey, but I can't promise anything. Yeah, no promises here. PC Tunny, where can people check? Do you have an alter ego that are only available at certain times of the year, or are you just always who you are? I am. I don't think I have a choice, honestly. It's just kind of how I was. <laughs> it's just, I, oh, oh, wow, what a shot. Uh, Platt's laughing because he knows I really don't have a choice on who I want to be. Uh, you can follow me at PC Tony, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, this was a good time. I enjoyed it. 
Christopher Platt, where I, I know you've got a lot of alter a- egos that we're not going to talk about on air, but where can people generally check you out at on these interwebs and social media sources of all sorts? So fuck black people, and you can find me on Twitter at <laughs> IWC War Chief. So <laughs> <laughs> wait, hold on, what happened? <laughs> yes, I can. I kid, I kid. Y'all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. And thank you all for having me on this week, man. This has been funny and I've I've enjoyed myself and we're gonna have to continue this conversation somewhere down the road. I tell you, when you said that, I just had that vision of that diehard movie with Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, diehard with a vision when Bruce went into the hood, went in Harlem with that yeah. side on him. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's what I had a <laughs> Wow. Andrew will appreciate that. Um, I happen to love black people, and you can follow me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G, and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Thank you so much. Until next time. We love time, you, too. Thank you. I, I need all the help I can get since white people hate me, so I got to you know do what I can here. So. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.